Chiefs-Eagles is clearly a rematch of the Super Bowl, but is it a preview of the next one? We'll get to that today with Matt Derrick of Locked On Chiefs today on Locked On Chiefs. From the land of the free and the home of the Chiefs, this is the Locked On Chiefs podcast. Many of our everydayers like to think Matt is the honorary third member of Locked On Chiefs. Uh, he's over at Chiefs Digest, I should have said. So make sure you check him out over there. We have a great show for you. We're brought to you by LinkedIn today because sometimes you need help. And when you're trying to get the qualified candidates to help you out in your small business, there is no better place than LinkedIn Jobs. So you can post your job for free right now at LinkedIn.com slash LockedOnNFL. That's LinkedIn.com slash LockedOnNFL. Post your job for free. Conditions do apply. Conditions are the conditions that we're in and how we're going and where this thing is ready to blow off because the second half of the season is upon us. Matt Derrick is here from ChiefsDigest.com to guide us through. We appreciate you making us your first listen today here on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day for free on every platform, starting with YouTube, where you can like and sub and hit the bell. You can go over to Chiefs Digest on YouTube and subscribe and hit the bell over there as well as checking out ChiefsDigest.com. I thank you for being here. I'm Ryan Tracy, the founder of Rogue Analytics and Performance Consulting, NFL33.com and RGR Football. Matt, this is fun to get back at it. It's been a while since a Kelsey on Kelsey matchup. We'll talk about that in a second. But I feel like after this last weekend's uh, revelry, we'll call it, it is not only a replay of the last Super Bowl, but I very much feel like it is a preview of the next Super Bowl. Am I wishful thinking or is this what it's looking like? I mean, right now, who are the two teams atop the AFC and the NFC? It's the Chiefs and the Eagles. So, yeah, yeah, I mean, and there's an excellent chance. I mean, if the Chiefs pull this one off, they'd be tied for the best record in the NFL. So, yeah, I mean, these are the two best teams right now. And I, I think that based on the first half, way the first half of the season has unfolded, I think you'd certainly say that the Eagles have had the better half of the first portion of the season. Um, I've been calling this Super Bowl 57.5. Uh, mid midway through, it could very well be a preview of a of a Super Bowl rematch, uh, but it should be an incredible game. Uh, you know, the Eagles are obviously going to be motivated for this one. This is a game that they have circled all season long. Uh, there will not be any blaming of the field conditions this time around. So, you know, even though it's a home game for the Chiefs, Arrowhead's fine. Can't can't blame any problems on that. Uh, but I mean, both teams are going to win to win this game, obviously, but I, I think the intangibles favor the Eagles, but we'll see what happens. I, I agree. And, you know, um, it is low hanging, hanging fruit to take the top two teams in the league. Um, it just happened to work out that way, but yeah, animosity aside, uh, brotherly rivalry aside, these two teams match up in a very different way than they did half a year ago, as you said, 0.5 with the defense leading the chiefs way and the offense kind of struggling against what is an offense that is still fairly high-powered in Philadelphia, but is definitely different. It is not as good uh, as a ground-and-pound ground game as maybe we saw to this point in last season, but it's still very formidable. And the duo of A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith for the offense in Philadelphia has really stepped out, so much so that while it may have flipped a little bit, it's still strength on strength in this matchup, in my opinion. Do you see it differently? No, I, I think you've got it. I mean, and and both these teams are to me a little bit different than than they were when they met in the Super Bowl. I mean, you know, the now the Chiefs defensively, I mean, uh, are I think light and day, night and day different than they were in the Super Bowl. I mean, they they obviously that was an offensive slugfest. Both teams had a lot of success going up and down the field. So, you know, the the stops were rare, but they they did happen. 
Um, am I expecting this to be a boat race in the 30s? I'm not. I mean, it might get there. Maybe maybe one team does take the advantage and, and runs away with this one. But I just don't think that it's going to happen that way. But it is strength on strength. I mean, the Eagles are an offensive team. They're going to be going up against the Chiefs, which right now are led defensively. Um, I think the Chiefs, I think the Eagles are better defensively than they were a year ago. Um, the Chiefs offensively right now are struggling. So that's probably going to be a key matchup. And it's certainly going to be a key one to me because it's going to tell us a little bit about what the Chiefs learned during the bye week, what they identified as their weaknesses, and if they're capable of fixing it. This, this is we're going to get our first kind of clue about what Andy Reid saw, what his coaching staff saw after that Miami game and when they broke down everything over the last two weeks. And, and whether they can fix the problems that they've had offensively. And we're going to talk about those fixes coming up later in the show, folks, as well as what, what is the next step forward for this roster. But let's stay on this topic for a second because you bring up a very, very good point. And for me, despite a couple of injuries here and there and some question marks about usage, it is very much not a capability question to me. This self-scouting, this decision-making about what to fix and how to do it is very much in my mind a analytical and cognitive thing. It's about how you approach game planning and how you approach attacking teams rather than your physical capability to do that. That's where it stands for me. Am I missing something or do you think there's more to it? No, you've pretty much hit it. You know, uh, uh, you know, and you know, when Andy Reid has talked in the past about how he goes about, you know, the, the bye week and breaking down things, you know, he, what he says is that it really gives you a chance to kind of dive in and, and dig deeper on some things and see what maybe you've overlooked in the first half of the season during, you know, from week to week, you know, you really are just in the grind. So you're not maybe focusing on the big picture as much as you're just focusing on who's the next opponent, what are their weaknesses, how can we exploit it? During the bye week, you know, you get a little bit more time to review your your numbers. And that's really what we're, we're talking about. I mean, because anymore when Andy Reid, I mean, he might have given this answer 10 years ago. But now when he starts talking about self-scouting, it's it's more about what Mike Frazier, you know, their statistical analysis guy in that department brings to them and says, hey, you know what? These are the things that are working that maybe, you know, we're not running enough of. Here are the things that are not working at all. Maybe we're doing too much. Here are players who, you know, show potential. They, their advanced metrics show an ability to do more. Maybe they need some more opportunities. I mean, those are the things that they're looking for. You know, it's not as much in the past of just, you know, going through the film and seeing, you know, where were the fundamental breakdowns and, you know, where are guys, you know, poorly executing. Now it's, you know, more about performance and measure looking at that and then translating that into better game management, better game planning, better execution and we got a couple of clues from andy on monday as far as you know where he sees it i mean you know he mentioned that he thought that the 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 run game as far as especially the offensive line was pretty good i mean he'll definitely tell you that there's opportunities for improvement a little he was a little bit less rosy about pass protection that's something that he wants to see improved um but he didn't really get into a whole lot of specifics about the passing game in general and the receivers and the rotation and that's where i think we're probably going to see the biggest change in the second half of the season we'll see if that miami game was a a preview of things to come with a lot of rasheed rice snaps maybe not the targets but maybe that's coming but let's see what happens against the Eagles, because I, I think we're going to see a little bit of a, a, a mix up as far as the receiver rotation goes and who gets the most snaps and where the targets go. I kind of feel like the same thing is coming. We're going to lay it all out here 
in just a minute. But first, a message that's going to help you get down uh, to the things that you want to get to. And what those things are is hiring the right people for the right job when you need it. These days, it is difficult to get the best candidates and you need all the help you can get. LinkedIn Jobs is the way to do it. If you want to be 100% certain about the candidates that you're getting, use them. They have all the tools to not only filter out, but to answer and actually get to the best resumes, the best candidates for your role easily and for free. All you have to do is post your job to LinkedIn Jobs. Uh, that purple hashtag hiring frame is going to wrap around your profile, letting everyone know that you're looking to add the right people to your team faster and for free. And you can get that going right away. It's why small businesses make this the number one uh, rated spot to get high quality, high individual quality leading candidates for your positions, no matter what they are, what role that you're looking for. So right now, they're going to help you get those qualified candidates faster and for free. Post your job for free at LinkedIn.com slash LockedOnNFL. That's LinkedIn.com slash LockedOnNFL to post your job for free. Terms and conditions do apply. And that is true of a lot of things. If you want to apply your knowledge of this game in a way that is fun and interactive and you want to get in on that action, scoring right now is a lot more fun with FanDuel America's number one sportsbook. And you can get in on it at this moment. New customers right now are getting 150 bonus bet dollars back to them whenever they lay a first bet on the money line for $5 that wins. That's $150 in bonus bets back to you if your team wins on your first money line bet. It's super, super simple. You've been thinking about joining and using FanDuel. There's no better time to do it than right now. You can bet spreads, lines, props, over-unders, the whole nine yards. And it's all in their app that's simple and easy to use. So visit them over at FanDuel.com slash LockedOnNFL and kick this season into high gear right now. FanDuel is the official partner of the NFL. Matt, besides having partners, it, you have to have synergy. And I think that's what the offense has kind of been missing. And you, you hinted at something that I do want to talk about. Uh, but before we get to the individual pieces – it has been, I agree with Andy Reid, a question of pass protection. And there is no maybe more prime matchup this week than the athletic Hassan Reddick coming off of the left side of the Eagles defense against Jawan Taylor, who is the most athletic uh, offensive lineman in the Chiefs lineup. And while there may be some, some playing around with where that lineup is and, and who goes against who on X third down, for the most part, that's the matchup that I'm planning on seeing. You tell me if I'm wrong, and would you give me your idea of how the Chiefs stack up in that meeting? Yeah, you know, and, and to me, it's interesting because, you know, Jawan Taylor's coming off a, a series of pretty good games. Um, for all the talk about penalties, he's gone three straight games without a penalty. Um, the, now, the one area that I do think is interesting is that the the one guy who is maybe having a little bit of a, a down year or maybe it's just getting used to, to working next to Jawan is Trey Smith. Um, Trey has seven penalties on the year. You know, Juwan has 11. We've made a lot about Juwan, but we haven't really talked about, you know, Trey having seven and Donovan Smith having seven on the other side. Penalties have been the nemesis of this Chiefs team, and offensive line penalties have been a huge part of it. Um, you know, I, it, it certainly seems like Juwan Taylor has cleaned up with his game. And, and like I said, he's had a couple of pretty good outcomes, but he and Trey Smith are going to have to handle Hassan Reddick together. I mean, that's part of it. I mean, they're definitely going to be to do some double teams on that. Um, the chiefs will probably do a lot of chipping on that side too. You know, we'll see if they use Travis Kelsey for that. 
you know, that that brings up its own problems. If Travis has to chip a lot because he's going to get hit by somebody coming off the line anyway. Uh, the Eagles are going to play him, you would think, a lot more like the Dolphins did as far as, you know, putting three bodies on him at a time rather than just letting him roam free. They know what he can do. So he's not going to sneak up on them, certainly not do what the, like the Chargers and the Broncos did earlier this year and just let Travis Kelsey beat them. So to me, yeah, I mean, that's that's going to be a key matchup because on top of that, you know, it's what can the, the Eagles do elsewhere along that line? I mean, Jalen Carter is an absolute beast as well on the interior. So, you know, they can come at you so hard and they've got four great upfront pass rushers that the Eagles are built to do exactly what has given the Chiefs offense problems this year. You rush four, drop seven in zone, and just wait until Patrick Mahomes makes mistakes and, you know, or the, the Chiefs offense makes mistakes. We'll see if the, if the Eagles can pull that off. I, I think, unfortunately, they can. And we talked, and you specifically spoke about Andy Reid and what he had said on Monday in terms of uh, self-scouting and fixing some of the, we'll call them problems, not failures. <laughs> I don't want to use that word because it's all a work in progress. And like you said, the run game has been functional. Uh, there are a lot of yards left on the table. Let's be real about that. But it's also been games where they've gone too far away from it. And I think more than any other year, it seems like they're learning their lesson. And I think Andy Reid is learning even more so that he's right when he goes and leans on Pacheco and the run game, even if it isn't Isaiah. Is that something that you expect more of, or is this just going to be more hit and miss depending on the game plan? Yeah, I mean, it will probably still be a little bit of hit and miss because, you know, I, I think that the Chiefs will do what they normally do, which is I, I think that they normally go in with a, a certain balance. Now, it's not a 50-50 balance. It's more like a 65-35 balance as far as pass versus run. And sometimes they, you know, particularly with it's, it's the RPO game that lets that get out of control and can go more, lean more towards the pass. And honestly, when they have run heavy games, it's usually because they have a big lead and they're just padding games that way and they're trying to run out the clock. Um, now, the key question is, what's it going to look like and what you think is going to be a relatively close game? And in this case, I mean, I think you certainly want to see more of like the Chiefs being at their ideal numbers, which Andy Reid will tell you is that 65-35 kind of mix. That's where he wants to be. They're going to throw the ball plenty. But if this turns into a game where Isaiah Pacheco gets you know 12 touches out of the backfield, that to me is going to be an indication that they have gotten too lopsided, that the Eagles are going to be just playing the, the run. And, and honestly, I mean, the Chiefs are going to have to prove to somebody that they can run against these light boxes. If the Eagles put, you know, do put four guys up front and try to drop seven in zone, they've got to be able to run the football effectively at some point against that. And that has been doing that consistently has been one of their challenges. And we're, we've seen more of it. There are more teams using fullbacks. To my chagrin, there are more teams using fullbacks in this league today than there were a year ago. Uh, the Kansas City Chiefs are not one of them. To my chagrin, there are more teams that are able to run the ball and be satisfied with that style of attack, like we saw against uh, the Buffalo Bills, that are just comfortable doing that. Is it, in the end, just a comfort situation for Andy Reid and Matt Nagy, uh, who we know are the, the two probably biggest contributors to the play call? I don't know if comfort is the right word for it, but maybe trust is possibly one word for it. You know, it's do they trust their offensive unit to be able to get the yards that they need to in specific situations? And and that's one thing I think that, you know, we've seen is them struggle with is, you know, not having the trust that they can get a, a yard on third and one or a yard on fourth and two, even a yard, two yards on third and two. I mean, 
we haven't seen that. And, you know, and, and that has a, you know, to me, it has a long-term effect. I mean, if you if you use so many gimmicks and you know, or you throw the football a lot on third and one, you're gonna you are gonna hit sometimes because it's Patrick Mahomes. He's gonna hit sometimes. But you know, if the team if if defenses are expecting that, and you certainly saw the Dolphins. I mean, we had the the, the third and one. I think we talked about last week that if mm-hmm. Mahomes just wanted to audible into a a run or a quarterback sneak, he probably could have picked up twenty five yards. <laughs> because there was nobody over the middle of the middle of the line. But so, I mean, if teams are expecting the gimmick, if they're expecting the pass and you don't still don't trust your run game to get you that yard, what are you telling your guys? What are you telling your offensive line? What are you telling Pacheco? And I thought that was, that was pretty notable because not only did Andy Reid say it into the media, but he also said it in the locker room in Germany to his offensive line about that third and one. Hey guys, I owe you one. You know, that was his acknowledgement that he should have trusted his offensive line to get him that yard there. Well, that's what we need to talk about. What comes next? We are going to do that right after this. Remember, five days a week, maybe more on a, on a given week. You can get your show right here on the Locked On Podcast Network. What I want to tell you is that right now, PrizePix is the largest daily fantasy sports platform in North America. It's the easiest way to get into the excitement of daily fantasy sports. And it's just you against the numbers. It is a fun way to play this game. All you have to do is get signed up. And instead of battling thousands of players, uh, pros and guys that make their living this way, all you have to do is pick more or less on two to six players in their stat projections and watch everything roll in. It is very, very straightforward and simple. Will Travis Kelsey get 80 yards this week? That's that's my line. You can check it out on Prize Picks. All you would have to do is pick: is that more or less? What's likely in your mind? And that is your entry. String two to six of those together, and you're going to have your ability to go in and get in the action right now. You can get everything that you want there with the quick withdrawals, the easy gameplay, uh, a fun application that you can use. It's all available, and you can even get Apple Pay on your winning. So check that out and make sure that you're getting signed up. It's at prizepicks.com slash locked on NFL and use our code locked on NFL. That will get you a first deposit match of up to a hundred dollars. That's at prizepicks.com slash locked on NFL. Go check them out. It's daily fantasy sports made easy. Uh, and Lord knows I need everything made easy, Matt. And it's it's funny that the evolution of, of how we take the next step forward, and every team's different. We say that every training camp. But here after the bye, I think we should remember that every team is different and every progression is different. So the question becomes, is that a focus? As we were talking in the last segment about the short yards, that Andy owes them one. Give it to the offensive line in Pacheco and show that faith in them. Is that the primary goal for Andy Reid? Is it developing who he wants the distribution of passes to become in this second half? Is that the primary goal? There's evolution on defense. We'll talk about that in a second, but those are the top two aspects for me. What stands out to you? And is there a third that I'm not thinking of? Yeah. I mean, based on what we really have heard from, from Andy Reid for the first half of the season, the one consistent message that he has had for his offense has been that, it has to grow up and stop making mistakes. It, it's, it really is the opposite of the defense. The defense is playing extremely well because 
it's a more veteran group, even though they have a lot of young guys, it's still a, a group that has played a lot of games together already. It's got a lot of speed, a lot of things to like. Offensively, you got a lot of new guys who are still learning each other. You got two new offensive tackles who are still learning the game. You got some receivers that you're trying to fit in, still learning. Isaiah Pacheco is only in year two. I mean, you've got a lot of young faces and you've got a lot of moving parts that you're trying to, you know, fit together. And, you know, and, and I asked Andy earlier this season if this was a case like Steve Spagnolo says that, you know, it takes you some time to know what you have. And, and Andy said, no, I mean, he says he knows exactly what he has. The key is that they just have to play mistake free. And that's for everybody. I mean, I think we've seen Mahomes make mistakes. I think we have seen, you know, the, the offensive line make mistakes. We've seen, obviously, the receiver room make mistakes. And if the Chiefs can eliminate those problems, I mean, I and that's why I say, you know, that the, the Chiefs' biggest opponent in the second half of the season, it's not the Baltimore Ravens, it's not the Bengals, not anybody else. It's themselves. Because looking at their two losses to the Lions and the Broncos, if they don't turn the football over against the Lions and drop the ball and they just don't make poor execution choices and turnovers against the Broncos, they win both those games. And they're not, they're nine and oh, they're not that far away from being that team. Now they're also, you know, unreasonably close for them to maybe being six and three or five and four. I mean, they could have had some games get away from them, you know, because they're not really putting teams away. But once again, why are they not doing that? It's because of the mistakes. So, Andy Reid certainly feels like that, hey, if they commit fewer penalties, which I think when I looked up the numbers, they're committing about 40% more penalties than they did a year ago. Um, now, there's been some, you know, one-game improvements, but consistently they're still committing too many penalties. The turnover margin has not been going their way. They're one of the worst teams in the league as far as giving the ball away. Mm-hmm. Um, and they also they lead the league in drops. If that continues in the second half of the season, then yeah, I mean, there's going to be some teams that sneak up on them and they are going to be primed for an upset in January and February. If they clean those things up, I think we're looking at Chiefs Eagles in Super Bowl 58. That cleanup is a challenge and it's a process. And for me, in the context of this segment, it is an evolution. So the thing for me is I, I can't expect that, especially against this opponent, and facing A.J. Brown and Jalen Hurts. We'll talk about them in a second. I, I can't see it being a drastic jump. It's got to be a progression for my eyes. So I'm trying to limit my expectations. But what I'm also trying to get used to is the next evolution of this team may be one that has to win dirty and has to win ugly and has to win by three points in a ball game versus what we've seen and the 30-plus points per game and maybe they're a touchdown or 10 points or those kind of things. We all know the margins are a little thinner than we've been uh, expecting for the last couple of years. But at that point, that allows you to make that progression. So do you see that, too, that games are generally going to be closer here in, in the near future, working towards the playoff run? I mean, based on some things we've seen from this Chiefs team over the last few years, I mean, I wouldn't think that they could play a whole lot closer games. I mean, this is the this team is the king of the one-score game, but they're also the king of winning the one-score game. I have, I mean, based on what we've seen in the first nine games, I have complete faith that this team can win close games. I mean, there might be close games that get away from them because of their youth and inexperience and the mistakes on offense. Detroit was probably a great example of that. You know, Denver, I think you could certainly just say the, the turnovers alone, you know, destroyed any chance they had to win in Denver. But the one thing I haven't seen this team do that previous Chiefs teams could do is 
when they're not having their best day, that they can still put it on somebody and come back. We haven't seen this team because of the defense and how well it's playing. We haven't seen them fall behind 14 to nothing and then see if they've got that gear to come back. Can this team go down the field in 13 seconds and get into field goal range? I don't know because it's not the same offense as it's been in the past. And, and they're probably going to have to do that fewer times because of the defense and how well it's playing, but that's not always going to be the case. There's going to be a game that the defense brings its C minus game. We haven't seen it yet, but it's going to happen. It happens to everybody. They're going to have that. The, the Ravens had that this weekend. You know, they showed up with a, with a subpar defensive effort. Can they win that game? They didn't. Can the Chiefs win a game when their defense doesn't show up? We haven't seen them have to do that yet this year, and I don't know if they can. And that's where I think that's really going to be the test of this team is that when the defense struggles, which just based on the odds of how well they played in the first half, and you know, teams have got plenty of tape on the Chiefs now defensively you know, to try and pick them apart a little bit, it's going to be harder in the second half of the season. If they do get those deficits, does this offense still have catch-up ability? And that's what I don't know. That's, that's what I don't think we will know until we know. And that takes us to this matchup. And for me, the defense is predicated on getting the ball or, or stopping the ball from getting to A.J. Brown in the past game. Devonta Smith a, a little bit as well, but controlling Jalen Hurts out of the pocket as well. And I do feel that this team is capable of doing that. And what we saw them do against the Dolphins, I think I would actually write the Dolphins as a more threatening team to them. And they certainly handle that scheme-wise just fine with the athleticism and the players that they have. And as you mentioned, team speed, do you see the more maybe power oriented aspects, particularly of that receiver and the quarterback and in a run game that isn't as powerful as it was last year, but is still respectable. Do you see the power yeah. aspect of this game shifting? That's a really good question. And, and I, I'm intrigued because I'm interested to see how Steve Spagnuolo doesn't decide to attack those receivers you know i i would expect that legerius needs going to be on aj brown um so that means where will Devonte smith be on i mean does that mean you're gonna want trent mcduffie on him as much as possible i mean this is an offense where you know you worry about those two guys if you can take those two guys out you know you're gonna be fine i mean that's that's just that's the that's the key so you know the, the eagles are going to be trying to find ways how can we get those guys you know matched up against somebody else so that they're not on those two guys. And that's going to be the chess game between offense and defense is just, you know, whether the Eagles can get the matchups that they want so they don't have to worry about that. I mean, Dallas Goddard's a good player too, but I'm pretty comfortable with the Chiefs linebackers and safeties being able to handle him for the most part in one-on-one -on -one situations. It's just going to be, you know, how you handle Brown and Smith. And, you know, with Brown, you're probably going to have to put a safety over the top of him as well, you know, to help out. Even if it is LJ, I mean, you're going to have to help him out a little bit because he's just too good. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I mean, to me, this is this is going to be a, a real chess game about, you know, being able to for the Eagles to get the guys that they want in favorable matchups, get some one on one you know, situations and see if they can win that. Um, you know, that to me is the key. And, you know, they can run the football, too. Though that is a concern because with Jalen Hurts, but we've seen. I mean, and and this this defense has had pretty good success against some mobile quarterbacks of containing them in the pocket and just making sure that they don't beat them with their legs. Uh, that's the game plan that I that I'm getting closer to. And folks, we're going to preview the game on Friday tomorrow. We're going to have behind enemy lines with you, give you some inside in information on the Eagles as well. But Matt, as you take all that into account and coming off of this buy and the track record from the buys and all that. Where do you see this game going? Uh, I'm 
I'm trying to find a way to pick the Chiefs to win, but it's hard just because I think the Eagles, one, are playing extremely well. Um, the one advantage I would give the Chiefs is that it is Andy Reid off a of bye week. And if anybody can pick apart an offense and, 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 and figure out how to fix it and, and throw the Eagles some looks that they're not expecting, you know, it's not like the Chiefs are going to be out there running corn dogs six times and, you know, hitting on it every single time. They have to have, they have to come up with a new trick. And also, it wouldn't be unlike Andy Reid to me to be willing to sacrifice the battle to win the war. So I'm not expecting to see his best tricks against the Eagles because I think he's going to have in the back of his mind, I might need him in February. So, you know, I can see him trying to set things up. And if that's the case, you know, that it's more about, you know, worrying about the long term, then that's just another factor that favors the Eagles. I think the emotional factor is definitely going to be favoring them. If the Chiefs pull this out, I think it's going to be because the defense plays lights out. They get some things done, uh, create some turnovers, get some points that way. But I, I think there's just too many intangibles that, that tilt this game towards the Eagles, and I don't think that's a scary thing. I mean, this might be the only game that the Chiefs lose the rest of the season, and it would still be an incredible second half. So I'm, I'm right now I'm leading the Eagles 27-24, but don't 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 guarantee that I might not change my mind by Monday. I, maybe the Chiefs will convince me that they can pull this off. There are a number of practices and plenty of analysis between now and then. You can get it all at Chiefs Digest and uh, be on the lookout for when Matt changes his prediction. I think he might come around. Mine will be on Monday as well. So thank you guys for being with us. Make sure you like, sub, and hit that bell here on YouTube for Locked on Chiefs. To Chiefs Digest and do the same there on that channel. And then go check out ChiefsDigest.com and actually read Matt's work because it is the written form, the stuff that I cannot do for lack of making you all read my spelling. So I appreciate you being here to uh, walk us through everything today, Matt. Thank you. Always a pleasure, Ryan. Take care, buddy. You guys have a great day. We'll be back tomorrow. Do not miss it. We appreciate your time and being with us. Like, sub, hit the bell, and hit the uh, text line. Thanks for being with us. We'll talk to you tomorrow.